Gallbladder disease includes inflammation, infection, stones, or blockage of the gallbladder. So how do you know if there's a problem with your gallbladder and what are the treatment options? Let's find out with Dr. Ian Villanueva, a general surgeon specializing in advanced minimally invasive gastrointestinal surgery at WakeMed Health and Hospitals. This is WakeMed Voices, a podcast from WakeMed Health and Hospitals. I'm Bill Klaproth. Dr. Villanueva, thank you for your time. So let's start here. What is gallbladder disease? Gallbladder disease is one of the most common gastrointestinal upper abdominal uh, symptoms and illnesses that uh, is happening in the United States. It's estimated that almost 20 to 30 million adults in the United States have some kind of gallstone disease. So tell me, who is at risk for this? So interestingly, even though you know, 20 to 30 million people have gallstone or gallbladder-related disease, only a third to about a half of those folks uh, end up having problems with it. Uh, the people at highest risk for developing uh, gallbladder-related symptoms are uh, usually uh, female, usually of older uh, age. Obesity is a risk factor. Uh, high cholesterol is a risk factor. There is a strong family history and genetic component to a gallbladder or gallstone-related disease. People are often surprised when uh, they start experiencing symptoms, and then they start asking family members, hey, have you ever had this? And more often than not, there's usually at least one or two other family members who say, yes, that's exactly what I had. And once I got my gallbladder taken out, I felt so much better. So for that third to a half of the people that do have problems, what are the symptoms and problems we should be aware of? It can be a very subtle disease. Everyone hears about uh, or has heard the term, oh, I had a gallbladder attack. It makes it sound very dramatic, and in some cases it can be. Uh, gallbladder-related pain sometimes can duplicate, resemble the pain of an actual heart attack. Uh, very often it's that severe episode that brings people to the emergency room. But when you question uh, people a little bit further, you'll find out that the symptoms started much more subtle and much more mild in the very beginning. Usually, it's some sort of vague upper abdominal stomach ache, stomach cramp. I mean, I got a pain in my side. I think I slept funny on my right side the other day, and I was just sore, you know, for the rest of the for the rest of the morning, rest of the afternoon. It's, it's symptoms that are usually mild enough that you can power your way through it. It doesn't really stop you until it actually stops you. So that's where it's tricky to diagnose in the early stage whether you're uh, the average person looking for information on the Internet or whether you're a family physician because those symptoms are just very vague. So if the symptoms are vague, how do you diagnose this? It's an interesting diagnosis that's a combination of uh, good old-fashioned doctoring in terms of listening to uh, a patient's symptoms and story and usually confirmed with some type of radiological study. Uh, most commonly, it's an ultrasound of your gallbladder. That's probably the best test to look for gallstones. Gallstones is responsible for the majority of gallbladder-related symptoms. However, not all gallbladder-related symptoms are caused by gallstones. Uh, sometimes it's a gallbladder function problem. So if your initial ultrasound does not show gallstones, that doesn't necessarily mean that you do not have a gallbladder-related problem. It just means you need a secondary test uh, called a HIDA scan, H-I-D-A, HIDA scan, to t check the functioning of your gallbladder. Uh, because sometimes it's a malfunctioning gallbladder that duplicates the symptoms of having gallstones. 
So if there's a problem and my gallbladder is malfunctioning, how do you treat this? Unfortunately, uh, gallbladder uh, symptoms, whether they're related to gallstones or whether they're related to gallbladder malfunctioning, unfortunately, we really don't have any good medical therapies. We don't have good uh, medicines to make the gallbladder either function better or to make gallstones go away. Uh, We've had no luck with those medications. First-line treatment uh, uh, that most folks try is dietary modification. Since diet, especially greasy, fatty, fried foods, is the most common trigger, most folks will actually start on their own. To, uh, they start really picking up on the pattern. Oh, I had a cheeseburger last night. That made me feel ill. So I'm not going to have any more fried food next day. And sometimes that might be good enough to control the symptoms in the short term. In the long run, the success rate of just dietary modifications to control gallbladder symptoms, it's probably less than 10% successful. So unfortunately, if, if you're having gallbladder-related disease, especially if you have risk factors we referenced earlier, most people wind up needing a surgery to remove the gallbladder to ultimately take care of the problem. So if someone does have to have their gallbladder removed, what do we lose? You can live without a gallbladder? What, what happens without the gallbladder? So the gallbladder is a storage bag for bile. Uh, your liver makes the bile and stores it in the gallbladder And once we eat food with any kind of microscopic fat in it, which whether it's healthy or not, most of our diet needs microscopic fat, the gallbladder squeezes the bile, delivers delivers it through a ductal system into the intestines, and the intestines use that bile to digest the fats out of the food that we eat. So when we lose the gallbladder, we lose a storage bag for bile. Thankfully, the human body is still smarter than all of us. There's a certain amount of internal... Uh, adjustments and remodeling that our liver and that our main bile duct delivery system can actually do a little bit of remodeling, a little bit of stretching so that it can take on a storage function in addition to the delivery function that it already does. So the end result of all that, most people, when you lose your gallbladder, you actually live a very long, normal, healthy life without any kind of uh, lifestyle or dietary modifications to be done in the long term. That is amazing, and you're right about the human body. So you said earlier, greasy, fatty, fried meals, etc. Is there anything else for anyone listening going, gosh, you know, that kind of sounds like me. So you were mentioning dietary modifications. How else should we change our diet to help avoid these gallbladder pains, if you will? Eating a healthy, well-balanced diet that's high in fiber. Uh, will always be the go-to diet to try to control uh, gallbladder-related symptoms. So anything that's baked, grilled, not fried, fresh fruits and vegetables, those are uh, the best things to try to uh, limit the stimulation of the gallbladder. However, uh, the gallbladder, after a certain point, whether you've had uh, too many small little gallbladder attack episodes that pile up on each other or whether your gallbladder dysfunction uh, worsens. Sometimes, most of the time, it gets to the point where even healthy foods will trigger gallbladder-related pains because, again, even healthy foods have small microscopic levels of fat. So at some point, the gallbladder kind of just gets burnt out, for lack of a better term. And at that point, uh, usually there's no dietary lifestyle modification that helps. So when it's had enough, it's had enough, I guess. So any final thoughts as we wrap up for somebody concerned about gallbladder disease? Well, as uh, most courses of gallbladder disease is relatively benign, 
However, there are some uh, consequences to having gallstones that in the uh, rare but unfortunate circumstances can proceed to life-threatening conditions. Gallstones can also not only just cause gallbladder pain, but it could also cause an obstruction of your pancreas. And pancreatitis uh, in the wrong circumstances can definitely be uh, life-threatening. Other negative consequences of passing gallstones that get stuck, if those gallstones plug up your main bile system, you can get a very life-threatening liver infection uh, where bile starts overflowing into your bloodstream. And uh, those folks can be critically ill for sure. So it's one of those things where if you're starting to have symptoms, now you, uh, you want to seek medical uh, evaluation early on in the process. When we get to uh, the gallbladder diseases early on in the process, that's when we're most likely able to remove your gallbladder on an outpatient basis. It can be done as a same-day surgery, usually with four small incisions. And you go home the same day as long as everything went according to plan. Removing a gallbladder is probably the most common abdominal uh, surgery that we do uh, today. However, if you get to the fever stage, to the nausea, vomiting stage, other, uh, other associated conditions like the pancreatitis or the liver infection, those are the folks that wind up in the hospital. They stay for three to five days, and they may wind up with the classic surgery where there's a bigger incision that's across their abdominal uh, wall and much longer recovery. So uh, definitely discuss those subtler symptoms with your physician uh, as soon as you can. Well, this has been very informative, and I think the message is loud and clear. If you feel something and it doesn't feel right, go get it checked out. Better safe than sorry. Don't wait. Absolutely right. Dr. Villanueva, thank you so much. This has been very interesting. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. That's Dr. Ian Villanueva, a general surgeon with WakeMed Health and Hospitals. To learn more or to request an appointment with WakeMed General Surgery or to get connected with Dr. Villanueva or another provider, please visit wakemed.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Klaproth with WakeMed Voices, brought to you by WakeMed Health and Hospitals in Raleigh, North Carolina. Thanks for listening.